and welcome to the first episode of the new year 2024 can you believe it i feel like there's been this confusion at least in my mind i'm sure in your mind since covid and time has felt like it's both sped up or we've kind of lost some years so i feel like a second ago it was like 2018 but it really wasn't that was like four or five six, six years ago and i just feel like as i sit here and i'm recording this episode into the new year i can really reminisce and draw back on how i felt when i was dreaming up this podcast and thinking about this podcast and ultimately starting this podcast which i can't go back and listen to those episodes they are hard for me to listen to cringeworthy maybe but you got to start somewhere and to just be sitting here knowing that close to four years later i'm recording this episode right here for y'all It's just so much fun. And for lack of a better opening, I think the big question for you today, and I guess first big question of the new year, woohoo, one, two, three. And that's what is something you want to bring from last year forward to this year? And what's something you want to leave behind? So for me, from a cliche standpoint, I have started my Orange Theory grind and I've done Orange Theory off and on over the last, gosh, 10 years. And it's been fun to see how as a workout, it's something I've always wanted to come back to. And because of kids and because of timing and because of moving, I've had to halt it, freeze it, cancel it, restart. And this is my like, let's call it fourth time restarting. And I am so excited. It's been something that's been really, you know, something I do for me. And it's a good way, I think, clichely to walk into the next year and be like, hey, this is my year of fitness or this is my year to regain my body back um, with all these kiddos that have gone in and out of my body. But to leave the cliche behind, for me, something that I'm loving that I've been doing or at least like bringing forward into this next year, something that I want to be intentional about is really leaning into planning from a holistic perspective. And I want to bring that forward. And to jump forward, what I want to leave far behind is giving Satan any power through any lies that I feel are repeatedly told to me through my inner voice. Um, It could be about me or about my life, about my kids, about all the important things. So, okay, let's explain these two things. So let's start with the positive, the bringing forward um, that I want to plan with a holistic perspective. If you know me, you're like, Anna, what in the world? This is nothing new. You have a rolling calendar six months in advance at all times. And I'll argue till I'm blue in the face that there's no better way to live, especially as a family of five. But what I mean when I say this is when I'm doing both short-term and long-term planning, I need to be empathetic towards my future self and really consider all parts of the puzzle, meaning just saying yes and filling up a calendar doesn't take into account how all the members of my family's cup is filled. It doesn't take into account or plan for the unplannable events of sickness or new plans or work or other family members events. So what I mean is when I plan, I have in the past seen each individual event as binary, basically check yes or no and move on. But what I'm learning helps my stress level and Christopher's too is to intentionally black out weekends to provide support beams, if that makes sense, to events. So we aren't coming in so hot every weekend and every event that we aren't able really to fully enjoy it. You know, to allow no skin off my back when my kids get sick or something causes a plan to dissolve because it's just that's truly life. 
it makes it so it's not like we're running so red hot that every event is like a huge deal and I don't even get to like enjoy the thought of looking forward to an event. But I think it's important to, you know, as you are planning ahead to weigh out and duel out back to back events and do the hard thing of saying no early rather than delaying and dragging out maybe that person along only knowing that it's always been a no, but that I'm just too wimpy to deal with it. I know that sounds harsh, but true. It just feels like as mothers, we have our mama bear instincts to protect our kids and we should move that forward into the way that we plan and keep sacred the time that we have with them. So do I think this is completely reinventing the wheel for me? No, but I do think that doing this now and being intentional in this way can set me up for future rolling success. So yeah, Okay. And then the next thing I talked about is what I would not want to bring into 2024. And this is a quest that I feel like we have to make for the rest of time pre-glory, but I'm going to make a concerted effort this year to bring to light my worries and my pressures and my sentiments and my fears and my weaknesses. And I want to share those things with people I trust so that Satan can't grow them in my head. Does that make sense? It's just such a freeing feeling, a shackle-breaking feeling, and although it's icky in the moment, it's a joyful-to-come feeling of keeping a posture of openness with people that you trust. And this might be a therapist talk or therapist speak, but I just feel like something as simple as when I know Christopher and I are about to get into a tiff, like I know I'm not in a good place, temperatures rising, it's better maybe to simply just say the words to Christopher. Christopher, I am really on edge and I need some time to simmer down before I say my next words. And really taking like for me who wants to like say everything quickly and get it out to take some time to calm down so that I don't say words that are hurtful and I can't get back, can't be unsaid. Because I think I have done this before and I know y'all, somebody out there does this too, but we just kind of chalk up the fact that, you know, who we are is we're the type of person who like gets it out in the open or we're quick to anger, we run hot and then we cool down. But I don't know if that's okay. Or better said, to kind of tackle it head on, it's not okay. And I don't think, or better Anna, it is not allowing space for God's grace. It's not a humble posture. It is kind of a you know, I am who I am. My identity is myself posture. And I I think that this is something that I personally need to tackle head on and maybe y'all do too. But, you know, on the other side or maybe a similar type situation is I can think of people who struggle with just the idea of creating narratives and filling in the holes where you don't know the full story. I mean, I do this too. I think we all do it to an extent. And I just saw a therapist talk about how you need to think of yourself and your own narrative where you can be an unreliable narrator because you just don't know all the details. So like if you're reading a book and I remember learning about this when I was in high school, but like reading a book, you have a point of view. And if the book is kind of like omnipresent, omniscient, then you're able to, as a reader, learn things that the first person, the the main character, wouldn't know. But you have to remember that in your own story, you don't have God's perspective. And so you only know what's inside your body, how you feel, what you receive. And so like even for my husband, who I've known for 13 plus years, 
if he's not saying it with his mouth, I can most likely think about, oh, he's probably this or he's probably that or he probably is thinking this. And we've already done the thing where we're like, are we old people because we don't even have to talk because we know what the other person's going to say. But it doesn't matter. It's really important to say things out loud with your mouth. So with a friend who I haven't known forever, if I'm wondering, is she mad at me? You know, did that just hurt her feelings? As like clunky as it feels, like you got to just say that out loud or you got to move on. Filling in the holes of like, oh, she hasn't texted me back and the last interaction we had was a little clunky. I wonder if she's mad. Well, if you are close enough with that person, maybe the next time you're with them, say like, hey, I was just thinking about you. The other day I said this, did that bother you? And move on. But just letting yourself rot, you know, like feel so festered with um, the worry of the parts of the story that you don't know. It's not helpful for you. It's not helpful for the other person. It's not going to be relationship building. In fact, it could ruin whole relationships. And I can think of people right now that struggle with, and maybe Anna looking at herself in the mirror is one of these people, but, you know, you struggle with you think something or um, you were hurt by someone and you create this narrative, you create this, you know, PR statement of what happened and you repeat that statement over and over inside your head, inside your heart, and you simmer on it way too long. You allow yourself to be an echo chamber or maybe only just allow your husband to be the echo chamber. And you have this idea that, oh, well, I'm talking to him. Well, he's always going to think you're like the best, which is great. That's so good. Of course, that's right. But if you're sitting there simmering on an idea for so long, all of a sudden it becomes truth. And I just feel like, oh, we just need to pause and consider that the whole idea of my truth, like that phrase, my truth, is a very dangerous statement because I feel like uh, like it's basically allowing yourself to be your own God. Like it's allowing yourself to um, say that like you can do no wrong and there's no possibility that you have, you know, messed up in this situation or potentially have a skewed perspective, a biased perspective, you could say. And I, I really am saying this to myself, too. I just think we have to remember that Satan wants nothing more than to break relationships break them up because two people together is so strong. Three people together, even stronger, four, five, six. So Satan is fearful of situations where people get things out in the open and they talk about things that are like real, that really happened. He wants you to keep it inside. He wants you to remain quiet. He wants you as a mom to lay down in bed at the end of the night and have mom guilt about all day. He wants you to have a skewed perspective because he knows that if you get it out in the open, then you are going to depower him. You're going to depower the lie that he is telling you over and over that you're perpetuating. And the whole idea of my truth is really just this like this posture that you can't mess up, which is pride. And I have it too. And, you know, I'm not trying and I don't know why I'm going so hard on this side. I just think it's something that we maybe all need to like take a step back and really consider where we're at, Um, especially when we think about marriage and kids and friendships and all things. But to take a step back, I just really feel like when we think about relationships with each other, our girlfriends in our life, that it's so easy. It's so easy to have, you know, something a little like clunky happen and then it fester. And 
I remember a situation long ago when I was working, and I might have even brought this up on the podcast before because it was so instrumental to how I think about things. And I I had a really bad day. And I actually believe how it happened was I messed up. Like, I think I went around someone when I was sharing information at work, like truly a work-related uh, information. It wasn't gossiping, but I, I kind of went over my boss's head and it really hurt her feelings. Now, I will say she was not the best boss. She was really kind of a terrible boss, but I had to respect her because she's my boss. And I called my dad because I knew I messed up. And what she did was, man, heaping burning coals, if we want to put it in that perspective. But she did this whole like copy in the president and said, you know, what happened. And I... I think I remember feeling like I'm going to throw up at this moment. Like, I know I messed up, but I feel like you're bringing a machine gun to a water gun fight. And I really didn't like her, so it didn't really help her cause. And I called my dad and was like, I think I'm going to quit. I can't work for this lady anymore. She is a horrible boss, blah, blah, blah. And my dad used her name, and let's say her name is Sarah. My dad was like, Anna, there's going to be a Sarah at every company. And, you know, this company that you work for, let's say you've had a hundred good days, which you've had more than that, but let's say you've had a hundred good days. Today's a bad day. Today you messed up. She messed up too, but you messed up. So you have one out of a hundred days. That is not good. And so do you think that this company is defining you by the one act out of the hundred days that you did good? Now, if it turns out and it's all of a sudden becoming 50% of the days, 50 out of a hundred are bad. Yeah, they're going to start defining you by that. And a company is not a charity. And so even before that, they're going to start defining you. So you can't keep this track record going, but you don't have to be fearful because today is one out of 100. And so I feel like you can bring that forward into friendships and into life in the sense that if you mess up, which we all do, I do, you do, you know, you have so many logged good hours with someone. And if you mess up for one hour, that's not going to ruin the relationship. I mean, I guess there can be situations where it could, But in most situations, you probably just messed up. Coming to terms with it, not allowing it to leak into any other part of the logged hours you have with that person is going to be the most helpful. So if you feel like it's something you have to address, address it. But if you really just feel like, man, that was a clunky situation, I need to log some good hours with that person. If you adopt that language, then you can move forward in a way where it's almost akin to like, let time, like let it breathe, like forgive and forget, like move on, you know, time heals all wounds type thing. I just feel like let's just log some good hours with people this year and allow things that maybe happened in the past to like stay in the past. And this is bringing me to kind of like the second half or the end of this episode where I feel like because during Podmas, I was in this posture of like ending with a Devo, like I'm not going to do this forever. Um, But I do feel like it's like sometimes the Lord just says it so much better than I could ever do it. Or should I say sometimes? Should I say all the time? Yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to basically like rapid fire, give you some verses that really brings forward um, this idea that I've been talking about. um, And in a funny way, like it brings forward this idea, but it also reminds us that these things need to stay in 2023. 
So let's start with even how Jesus talked about Satan. He said, when he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies, John 8, 44. And the next one, and I know my mom is saying amen at this somewhere, but the scripture talks about, you know, not being easily offended. And um, okay, let's see. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others, Colossians 3, 13. Next, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it in his glory is to overlook an offense. Proverbs 19.11. James 1.19. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Proverbs 29.11. A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Wow. Um, Proverbs 18.19. This is from a version called Easy to Read Version. An insulted brother is harder to win back than a city with strong walls. Arguments separate people like the strong bars of a palace gate. And then two more. The Lord will fight for you and you only have to be silent. Whoa. Exodus 14.14. And last, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. 1 Peter 5.8. So gals, that's my hope for you for this year. Let's be honest with ourselves and forward looking towards heavenly pursuits. And I would love, love, love for you to participate in choosing a word for the year and being intentional about it. Write it down so at least at the end of the year, you can look back and see how the Lord has woven that word through your year. And mine for this year is home because I think of the silly quote, home is where your heart is. And I feel both achy and settled in what my home is and feels like. And I feel like I want that to propel me forward with the right headspace for decision making this year. But to end today, I want to give you a little walk through my past year. Um, I almost like wrote a poem, which is very silly, but um, I'm just going to talk through it uh, because I think it would be therapeutic for me. Okay. This year, I moved yet again. This year, I celebrated 10 years of marriage. This year, I had conflict with people close to me. This year, I rediscovered my love for sourdough. This year, I worried more about the real world than I ever have. This year, we made big decisions about our family. This year, I had hard times where I was both right and wrong at the same time. This year, I created boundaries. This year, I was bold. And this year, I painfully planted seeds. And I will leave you with a quote from Warren Buffett, kind of going off the last one. And it's just been living in my head rent-free. And it says, someone is sitting in the shade today because of someone else's tree planted long ago. So this year, it might be a good seed planting year for you, for your husband, for your kids, for your parents, whoever. Um, And I know that that can be painful, but it can be ultimately good. Okay. All right. Happy New Year. Love y'all so much. And we will talk soon in about a week on the next episode of Every Mom Needs a Friend. (laughs) Okay. Love y'all. Bye.